Lord, we just, again, are humbled here today to be in your house of worship. I thank you for every human being that's here, Lord, every spiritual man, spiritual woman. Lord, those who've tuned in online, we just thank you for the, the people that you are ministering to today. And Lord, I say this from my heart, unless you build the church, we labor in vain. Lord, I pray you take this message and just do what only you can do with it. Lord, apply it to our lives. Help us to see what you are saying to the church today. Help us to grow as a result of it, to mature, Lord, in Christ. We pray this all in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Well, let me ask you this. How many of you find it difficult to be spiritual in the summer? When the weather's nice and the watermelon's in season. I love watermelon. I find it harder to pray and to seek the Lord. I'm just being honest with you. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't think of the Lord, because I do. I, when I'm out in the boat, uh, I was out the other night with my son, and uh, this was downstate, and it was just absolutely breathtaking. We were on a river, and every time we turned the corner, there was just a, a whole new experience. And I just kept saying, oh, God, you are amazing. It was just awesome, right? But to get spiritual, and some would say, well, that is getting spiritual. And I agree, but I'm talking where you're, you're getting down to the nitty-gritty, right? You're in that battle, right? You know what I'm saying? You ever find yourself there? Like, I want to take some more ground for the kingdom of God today. I'm not going to let this thing overcome me any longer. That's what I'm talking about today. It's getting fired up for the Lord. That's harder to do when everything around you is easy. When the, when the bills are paid. When the family is healthy. Are you hearing me today? You know, let's just kick back and relax. Life is good. I'm in my hammock right now in my mind. <laughs> right? Today I want to look at some passages of Scripture that show us that our being blessed by God has more to do with how you and I respond to Him than it does with our circumstances where we find ourselves living. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. And when I say this, understand the context, but Jesus was blessed. God was with Him when He went to the cross. Besides that short period where the Lord said that the Father actually turned him from him for that brief moment. Peter and Paul, the Lord was with them when they were imprisoned. Right? So we can't say that the circumstances had anything to do with God being with them. Whether life appears good or bad, neither dictates whether God is with you. Can I get a good amen? amen. And here's why I'm saying this, because Christians often assume wrongly that the Lord is with someone because it appears that they're blessed. 
that they're in a season of prosperity. That's not truth. Now, does God bless His people? I sure hope so. I like being blessed versus the other way. But neither turmoil nor the lack of hardship is a sign that God is with you. And what I want you to understand is that the level of your spirituality, say that with me, spirituality, the level of your spirituality ensures or doesn't ensure that the Lord is with you. What do I mean by that? Simply this. It has nothing to do with your circumstance. It has everything to do with your heart. How you perceive God. How do you see God in your life? Is He this passing influence? Yeah, see you next Sunday, Lord. Or is He with you all day long, every day? Or let me say most days, because listen, we're humans. Life happens. Stuff happens. The first basic principle that I want everybody to see today is that God has a plan for each of us. Can you say that out loud? God has a plan. And when you pray and seek the Lord, you will find Him. I love, and we share this often here, and I say this often, but the Israelites were toward the end of their Babylonian captivity. And the Lord, he told Jeremiah, he said, now here, I want you to go tell them some good news. And they needed some good news. Because they were, they were pretty hopeless at this, this point in time. Jeremiah 29, 11, and it says this, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me, say that word, wholeheartedly, you will find me. What's the Lord saying to us? Can it be just a passing influence? If you want God to really listen to your prayers, you need a relationship with Him. You need to go after Him with everything you have. Your very being. And it's a concern that I have that too many supposed Christians ignore this fact. And we think, you know what? God's going to be with me. Whether I'm with Him or not. Well, stick with me this morning. Stick with me. When you pray and seek the Lord with all your heart, you will find Him. Your environment then, this is what I want you to see, will not negate God's goodness nor prevent His love from covering you over. The Israelites were in captivity. They were in slavery. And yet, God was still with them. And by the way, God does want to prosper us. God wants to bless His people. I've said that already. But God's blessing has nothing to do with what's going on around us. The second thing I wanted to point out is that sometimes our environment does have an influence on how we receive from the Lord. 
There are times when we must reevaluate, readjust, and reengage. There are times when we must reevaluate, readjust, and reengage where we're at spiritually. I've been reading all these books on leadership, and one of the things that really struck me was the fact that they're saying you have to know yourself before you can be a good leader. You have to know who you are before you can lead other people. And I really never gave that a whole lot of thought. Here I am, I'm 63 years old. I mean, I think I know who I am. But according to the professionals, the writers, the, the, lead, the people that say this is how to be a good leader, you have to know yourself deeply. Well, do you think that's any different with your relationship with the Lord? See, He already knows you intimately. The problem isn't with Him and you. The problem is with you and Him. What makes you tick? What gets you excited? What makes you angry? Righteously, hopefully. Right? You know, I get upset when I get behind somebody that... And I don't know why, it makes it a little easier if I pull up next to them and they have gray hair. Like, oh, okay. If that's a young person, it's like, what are you, smoking something? 40 miles an hour and a 55. Come on, I got places to go. That's not the righteous anger I'm talking about. I just wanted to throw that out. What's righteous anger? When you see God trampled over. When you see His Word trampled over. When you see His people trampled over. When they're doing the right thing, but everybody's saying that's the wrong thing. It's alright to get some righteous anger about that kind of stuff. Right? Our country, the United States of America, was founded on Christian principles. Regardless of what you may or may not have been taught. I believe that the Lord prospered our nation because our founding fathers placed God first. You know, it's right on our currency. <laughs> it's right there. You think this doesn't make people angry that don't believe in the Lord? I promise you, they're trying to get it off our currency. The United States has become the most powerful nation on the planet. However, that status could disappear quickly. <laughs> don't think it couldn't. I want you to turn with me, if you have your Bibles, to Second Chronicles chapter 15 that's of course in the old testament and while you're turning there just i just want you to the background of this is really quite simple with the lord's help israel had just gone to battle with this huge army 
They, Israel had about half a million soldiers roughly, and this other army, the Ethiopian army, had over one million. So it was two to one against Israel. And they were given the victory. They were given the victory. In chapter 15, after this decisive victory, the king was returning with his troops and they had plunder knee-deep, meaning sheep and goats and, and all kinds of livestock that they had pillaged from this victory. To say that they were flying high is an understatement, all right? Things were going good. How many can say in this country right now that things are going good, more or less? But you're looking at something a little deeper than what I'm talking about here. Is there anybody in here that hasn't had a meal this last week or day? No. We've all eaten. We all, we all have roofs over our heads. We're prospering. In 2 Chronicles 15, and I'm going to read the first eight verses. Let's just see what it says. Beginning with verse 1. Then the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, son of Obed, and he went out to meet King Asa as he was returning from the battle. Listen to me, Asa, he shouted. Listen, all you people of Judah and Benjamin. Now, understand, yes, this is directed to the leader, but it's also directed to the nation. Right? You understand that? The Lord will stay with you. And this is the, the key verse. The Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with Him. I'm going to say it again. You're going to hear this more than once. The Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with Him. Whenever you seek Him, you will find Him. But, the right side of the but. There's always the right side. But, if you abandon Him, He will abandon you. For as long as Israel was, was without the true God, without a priest to teach them, and without the law to instruct them, but whenever they were in trouble and turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought Him out, they what? They found Him. During those dark times, now I want you to understand, there are so many similarities. When I read this, I went, man, this is today. During those dark times, it was not safe to travel. Problems troubled the people of every land. Nation fought against nation and city against city. For God was troubling them with every kind of problem. What? You catch that? Where's the trouble coming from? Now, we could, we could begin to look at this and go, oh, you mean God's stirring up all the enemies? Yeah. But you know what I see here? You know what I believe the Lord is saying? He lifted His protection off. It isn't that He's down there. Listen, evil is evil. It's all around us. Everywhere we look, there's evil, wickedness. 
You don't have to go hunting for it. It'll find you eventually. But we're covered with the blood of Jesus. We're safe. As long as we are with Him, He is with you. But when we abandon Him, what's it say? He abandons us. The people had abandoned God, and so He did this. He said, okay, have it your way. Let's see how, let's see how far you get without me. But as for you, be strong and courageous, for your work will be rewarded. Your, your righteous work will be rewarded. Uh, in, in the original, it says you will be compensated. The Lord will compensate you for doing the right things. Don't ever forget that. Don't run with the status quo just because it's the cool thing to do. Follow the Lord. Live righteously. I love the song we sang today. Holy, holy. Man, did, could you feel the people just entering in this morning? And I, that song, I felt like it broke something today in the spirit realm. When, a, when Asa heard this message from Azariah the prophet, he took courage. Now listen to what he did. He removed all the detestable idols from the land of Judah and Benjamin and in the towns he had captured in the hill country of Ephraim. And he repaired the altar of the Lord, which stood in front of the entry room of the Lord's temple. He removed all the detestable idols. Everything that caused the people to stumble, he got rid of it. And this king had 36 years of peace after this. He was a good king. Now according to the scholars, the Old Testament finds a cyclical pattern. And here's what the pattern is. Rebellion, affliction, where the Lord pulls His hand back, repentance and deliverance. Rebellion, affliction, repentance and deliverance. My observation is this, that this pattern coincides with God's prosperity. He prospers us. Second, people get comfortable. How many are comfortable? Huh? All you except for the ones with a baby in your arm. And even you might be. And finally, that leads to people forgetting their God. Cyclical. Am I preaching truth today? Whenever God's people get comfortable, for whatever reason, they seem to forget about Him. And as a result, He lifted His hand up, not because He hated them, but because He loved them. 
The Bible says He disciplines those He loves. And He allowed their enemies to siege, take siege of their land. Once they were under siege, though, usually this led to the people seeing their folly. How many of you, when you're getting a whooping, it makes you stop and think, huh, I wonder if I need to do something different in my life. Just me? And that's kind of the, the, the idea here. Is that when you're focused on relaxing, kicking back, it's easy to lose sight of who's really in control. And the Lord's saying, as long as you're with me, I'm with you. But if you abandon me, I will abandon you. Here's the good news. We serve a merciful God. And when we repent, when we come to the Lord and, and we make a new altar, you, you understand that concept? I'm not talking about building pillars and all that stuff. I'm talking about the altar of your heart. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit if we're born again. The Holy Spirit lives in us. And by making this altar that I'm talking about, I'm saying that, that you're keeping yourself prepared to receive from God. You're loving on Him. You're, you're thanking Him daily for everything He's blessed you with. Even in the hardest moments, you're saying, thank you, Lord. How easy do you think it was for Peter when he was chained up in that prison? How easy do you think it was for him to start singing? And yet, what was the result? Chains fell off. That's the kind of God we serve. We, when we don't let our circumstances dictate whether or not we're blessed, whether or not we're with the Lord, He's always with you. But are you always with Him? Can you see that play on words? It's at the peak of prosperity that God's people forget who their source is. Life is good. Relax. Forget about it. Our country has had multiple victories over the past century. However, it appears that many, if not most, Americans in this country have forgotten that our strength comes from the Lord, not from ourselves, not from our own doing. At one time, our nation honored God and they, they recognized that God blessed us. All good things came from the Lord. But today, that's not the case. Remember Jeremiah 29, 11-13. God has a plan for us. A plan to prosper us and not to harm us. 
a plan to give us a future and a hope. The Apostle Paul spoke of this in Ephesians 3, 10 through 12, and I'd like to share that. Oops, I missed that one. I meant to say that there's nothing new under the sun. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There's nothing new under the sun. This, this cycle that I'm talking about, there's nothing new under the sun. Whee, there we go. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display His wisdom and its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was His eternal plan, which He carried out through who? Jesus Christ our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in Him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Paul told the early believers that God's plan was, and still is, to show off His people. God wants to show off His church. That's you and me. He wants the world to see that those who commit to Him, those who love Him, those who walk with Him, will be the most blessed people on the planet. That's His plan for us, for you and me. And as a result of all of this, we have direct access to the heavenlies. You can call upon the name of Jesus regardless of what you're going through and He will hear your prayer because Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father mediating on your behalf. Meaning, He's interceding for you. That you would get the victory in this life, over this life. So that people would see the church is blessed. But what do we see in the church? Are we any different in the world? <laughs> Some days I don't think we are. That has to change. This world needs to see a church that loves its God. That puts Him first in everything we say and do. We can't just say it, we have to do it. Be doers of the Word, not just hearers only. If people don't see a difference in us, why would they ever want our God? I don't have an answer for that. My main point is that the Lord remains with those who keep Him front and center. Those who turn their backs on Him will fail. I believe that we're at a crossroad in this country. Many proclaim that the God of Christianity, it's a washed up has-been. He's a washed up has-been. I'm not saying that, but I've heard that. He doesn't mean anything to people anymore. But that view, <laughs> it's nothing new. It's all cyclical, like I said. There's nothing new under the sun. The devil will always attempt to draw us away from the Lord. 
Our fight then is not to let him influence us to the point where we abandon God. It's simple. When we find ourselves abandoning the Lord, what should we do? But what do we do? The Bible teaches if we abandon the Lord, He will abandon us. You and I, the church of Jesus Christ, must turn spiritually. We have to turn the tide in our body first, in the nation next. It has to start with us. We have to go back to our roots, you and I. Individually. If we want to see change in this country, even around the globe, we must get back to our basic roots with the Lord. But we don't like that word. Repent. That word takes away our dignity. That word takes away our supremacy. That's why Jesus said those who are humbled will be lifted. Those who are filled with pride will be humbled. In order to receive all God has for you, you must be humble. And you have to say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Can you say that with me right now? Lord, I need you. But that simple phrase will change your life. Lord, I need you. I don't need what the government has to give me. I don't need what my employer has to give me. I'm thankful for it. What I need is a relationship with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The only one who determines whether or not I will live or die in the next life. That's some serious stuff. (laughs) I'm getting close to the end. (laughs) The Lord is with you. Say this with me. The Lord is with you as long as you are with the Lord. If you're discouraged, (laughs) I want to introduce you to the encourager, the comforter, the helper, the, the legal advisor. Some of us need that. We call Him the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, I'm going to send Him so that you can get the victory over this life. I'm not leaving you guys like little orphans. Uh Uh-uh. I'm sending the big dude. 
I'm sending God the Holy Spirit. And anybody trying to thump on you is going to get thumped in return if God is with you. And He will be if you are with Him. Sarah, you want to come up? Yep. Here's the application to this. This is what we need to do. I say we. I include myself. We need to get our spiritual game face on. What's that look like? I don't know. For each one, it's different. Some of you need to get angry. Angry because the devil has stolen so much from you. And you let him. You let him. But if you're a born-again believer, spirit-filled believer, bought with the blood of Jesus Christ, no weapon formed against you should ever succeed. Greater is he that is in you than the devil that's in this world. You should get angry. I'm so fed up with my family being destroyed with alcohol. Destroying my family. Child abuse. There's so many things we should be angry about and it shouldn't be happening to us. Stop taking it. Stop laying down and just going, okay. Once we get our spiritual game face on, We need to begin to clean house like King Asa did. What did he do? What are the things he got rid of? Then it was Asherah poles. It was temple prostitution. It was all the things that were contradictory to God. And those are the things we need to do the same with. You have to decide in your own heart what that is. But hear this. Nobody here, if you willingly remove these things, the things that are a standard against you, causing you not to get as close to God as you should be, nobody who does that, that gets rid of these things, is going to be in worse shape. You're going to be in better shape. Your family's going to be in better shape. God is going to bless your socks off because you have taken the initiative to get rid of these these sinful things, these artifacts that are in your house. They shouldn't be there. These foreign gods, if you will.
let me, let me just share quickly going back. I want to go back to what King Asa said or what was said about him. In verse 8 it said, He took courage and removed all the detestable idols. Why, why do you think it took courage? People liked their idols. And when you go, let's say it's your family. I'm just using this as an illustration. Let's say you go home, and I'm not telling you to do this. I'm using it as an example. Say, everybody say this. It's an example. All right, illustration. You go home and you tell your your teenage daughter, 14, 15 years old, I want your phone because that's an idol. What do you think your response is going to be? Her response is going to be. Man, you better have on that full suit of armor because I'm not telling you to do that. Only, only if it really is an idol. It may be your phone. <laughs> what do you think you're going to do if you realize that? Uh, my phone's an idol? Is that possible? Huh? Your TV? <gasps> Whoa. Hey, Barb's back there. Don't you be taking my Hallmark channel away. And it would only be necessary if it were your idol. Right? So whatever your idols are, they're going to be different around the room, at home. But when we take the time like King Asa did, and we tear down these strongholds, I want to tell you right now, you are going to receive a blessing beyond measure. Your future will be bright, filled with hope, because you are living righteously. I want that. One person at a time. It has to start with us. One family at a time. One church at a time. One nation at a time. It's not too late. We can turn the tide. But it has to begin with God's house. And by taking these steps toward restoration, <laughs> we will find a new spirituality, one that energizes and it lifts. And it not only does it lift you, but it lifts those around you. And that's scriptural. One that repels the darkness and, and shines your God-given light even brighter. Regardless, regardless, regardless of your circumstances. You know the one that's blessed? The one that's blessed is the one that when they get to the end of this life and this body gives out, the one that's blessed is the one that's standing in front of Jesus 
the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he looks at them and he says, welcome. Well done, my good and faithful servant. That's the one that's blessed. <laughs> Would you stand? Can you take me to the 20th slide, the second to the last? One, yep, there you go. We need to reevaluate, readjust, and re-engage. This isn't easy, but it's necessary. We have to recommit ourselves to what's holy, to what gives God glory. This isn't for the timid at heart. This is for those who really, really, really want God and all that that means. Too many people just want to look like they're a Christian. I'm asking you to be one. And this is how we do it. We need to clean house. I don't know where I'm going to go with this next week, but I want you to dwell on this this week. I want you to, to pray about this this week. I want you to reevaluate. Say it with me. Reevaluate. Readjust. Reengage. That, that last word, in case you don't understand what I'm implying, is that you look for new ways to spend time with the Lord. It might be reading your Bibles, which is important, it might be worshiping the Lord. Finding a, a holy place somewhere where you can find solitude just for a brief moment and say, Lord, all I want is you and nothing else. That's what I mean by re-engage, okay? And I want you to leave here with this last thing, and I've said it over and over. Say it with me. The Lord is with you as long as you are with the Lord. If you're doubting it, ask yourself, have I abandoned him? Is, is the Lord way back there? Or am I doing this? Is he doing this with me? Is he holding my hand? Is he holding my hands? That's how you'll know. You know if you're with God or not, right? Father, we again are humbled to be in your presence. And Lord, we also know we're broken people. Without you, we are nothing. Without you, we're trash. We could be thrown into the trash heap and it wouldn't matter. But the second that we say yes to Jesus and you apply your blood to us, your shed blood, Lord. At that very second, we become an heir of the King of kings and Lord of lords. We become grafted into the vine once and forever, Lord, to be with you, your children. Now help us to understand what our part is in this. Lord, as this nation 
unravels at the seam, as it, as, it, as it spirals down, or so it seems. We pray, Lord, for revival. First with us, with us individually, then with our families, and then with our church, Lord. Help us to live for You. Lord, help us to take down the idols that are preventing us from receiving Your best. We want the blessing of God to be upon our homes and on this church and on this nation once again. And we say today, we will do whatever it takes to get to that place. If you agree with that, would you say amen? Give Him the glory. Give the Lord a hand this morning. He deserves it. You know, when I preach like this, I often feel bad at the end, but today I just want you to know I love you guys. And that came from my heart. Came from his heart. I believe that. What are we going to do with it? Please don't leave here. And just do something with it. Change. Make a change. One change. A little change. Any change. Now I look forward to beating, beating you up again next week. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. Hopefully. Yeah, I love you. Father, thank you again for your blessing. Lord, help us to honor you. Let our light shine brightly. To see the the downtrodden, the destitute, Lord, the hopeless. Help us to see them with your eyes so that we can minister to them with the hope and the love of God Almighty. Help us to share the good news of Jesus Christ with everybody we come into contact with. Give us many opportunities, Lord, in these last days. We love you and We commit this people, Lord, into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.